Well, hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. So let's settle in to find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are and be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, so let's get started. Today's podcast is titled, You Worship Jesus With That Mouth. Oh my, that's a big one. I even have a little trouble saying it. Um, but I want to, let's just dive in. And I, But I want to set the stage a little bit for this day. Because this topic is not about pointing fingers. Yes, this story could get a little crunchy here. Because if you are a Christian, and I don't care if you're an evangelical, conservative, progressive, liberal, or whatever denomination you are. Because once again, we're remind, I'm re- always want to remind you we're talking 25,000 Christian denominations worldwide. So sometimes, you know, it's like lighten up a little bit when you talk about a denomination or one church being the one true church. Are we really saying that when we know there's between 25,000 and 30,000 churches, uh, denominations, not just churches, denominations worldwide? Are we really saying that only one has it right? But If you'll stay here with me, even though it feels a little uncomfortable, and yes, I may be talking about you or even myself, we're going to do a flyover about how people may perceive your faith if the only way your faith is showing up through your vitriolic words or your judgmental words. Because our words reflect what is in our hearts. So let me say that again. Our words reflect what is in our hearts. And sometimes the only experience that another person has with you is in your words. Especially in this season of the internet and social media, you can claim to be a Christian, but if you just spewed a whole line of vitriol and venom at somebody, they're not going to be too too uh, impressed with that Christian faith now, are they? So now I'm talking about the entirety of Christianity that invokes this this self-righteous piety that demands others follow their interpretation of scripture and their dogma. This often comes off as extremely condescending, judgmental, hurtful, and dismissive. And about right now, someone is probably writing an email or a comment to me and say, well, isn't that what you're doing? Well, I mean, you can say by me pushing back on it that that is me judging you. But here's the difference that I want to set at the very beginning. You can have beliefs inside your church. You can have beliefs inside your home. But when we start talking about how our beliefs are reflected in the values of a government governmental system, in public education, in how people receive funds, then religion has crossed a line and blended into politics. And we, especially here in America, have this statute of separation of church and state. So we have to be respectful and mindful about how our belief systems are showing up. So my position and those in within, even though I'm kind of categorized as a progressive Christian, even though I'm also spiritual but not religious. I I have so many titles that I just, it would never fit on a business card. I just like to consider myself spiritual but not religious. Um, We are standing 
in unity with those who feel oppressed by those religious beliefs. So even though you, if your beliefs are different than mine, would say that mine are judgmental towards you, mine are judgmental because we're protecting other humans. So this, this debate can go on and on. And this is where I often will say, if someone enters my comment feed or something like that, I will bless them on their journey. Because time and again, and you'll probably get tired of hearing me saying this even today, is that I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm calling forth those who believe as I do, because we really haven't had, in the social media age, we haven't had a place where the spiritual but not religious, or those who want to cover from, recover from religious trauma, have a platform to talk together. So oftentimes that platform feels threatening to somebody who doesn't believe like we do. So the reason why this is really important and a little crunchy for me today is because this was me. My roots are grounded in evangelical Christianity where there is an element of racism. There is an element of homophobia and xenophobia. No one likes to be classified those things, but that is what they were. And I know that it took me years to untangle from that before I could see how my religious beliefs had blurred my vision into how I was treating my fellow humans. So not only did I witness it, I participated in judging others based on this interpretation of scripture that often is coming from this cherry-picking verses um, that that will condemn a whole swath of humanity. And I often times will say, not only was I wrong, I am more than happy to admit that and say this repeatedly that I am sorry for the pain that I, I caused. Now recently, I heard someone say, say this, and I want you to listen to this very closely. If you are the type of Christian that I will find in heaven, I will take my chances in hell. I will take my chances in hell. And yet this toxic, caustic narrative continues. Hey, listen up, Christians. This type of rhetoric is simply not working. People are leaving church. The spiritual but not religious sector of people, this sector is growing as people are leaving church. So in other words, they're not just leaving church because of this kind of vitriol and condemnation and judgment. They are rejecting Christianity and moving to the spiritual but not religious identity. And once again, I'll link all of this to my show notes so you can see the data. I stay away from denominational data, which will have a slant and very different reasons on why people leave church. So about here, someone will say, well, not our church. Our church is growing. And you know what? You may be correct. But I'm going to challenge this and I'm going to do this as delicately as I can because what really is happening here, rarely, rarely, if ever, are you having new believers coming to your church. What you're having is a shift of people looking for a new church home or a new 
perspective, which is why I believe you are seeing an increase in membership and attendance in what is called the modern church. So what does the modern church look like? Well, this is a business model. And one of the most successful business models of this is the Hillsong Church. And you can go and look at Hillsong. It, start, it started in Australia. But it is a packaged business model that is very successful. And it, has, it is now running rampant throughout, throughout the world. And this is where you put the uh, church leadership in jeans. You black out the windows. You get some smoke screens and a, and a rock band. And you invoke this modern flair to the worship style. Don't get defensive about that. There is nothing wrong with that. If that works for you and it is holding your spirituality, blessings on you. There is there's absolutely no. So I'm not saying that that is wrong, but oftentimes what is hiding behind that smoke screen, that's that smoke that's filling the stage is this theology that, that sends these people back into the world in droves to condemn their neighbors. Instead of, judge, instead of loving them. Now, when I read Jesus's commandment to us, I think it's very, very clear what Jesus left us with was love the Lord God with all your might and your neighbor as yourself. But they not only take this to condemn their neighbors and their colleagues and their classmates or whatever, they also use it to justify their political views and then their their influence into politics because of their interpretation of scripture. So that doesn't necessarily mean that that kind of belief manifested inside the modern church, but I do believe that people are looking for a more open, inviting, modern flair to their worship style, and that's still attractive to them, but somehow that's interpreting that's, that's translating into this um, very toxic atmosphere that you have this loving community that doesn't reflect that out in the world. Now, about right now, if some of those who disagree with me are still listening, they're going to dismiss me as a bleeding heart liberal. I'm okay with that. I have people in my own family who have dismissed me as a bleeding heart liberal because I do believe in the separation of church and state. So if our political differences allow you to dismiss what I'm saying here as meaningless, then once again, blessings on your journey. I'm just going to leave you with this thought. Just don't forget the data. Regardless of where you're having church, regardless of where how your spirituality is held, every year more and more people are leaving church and more and more people are identified as spiritual but not religious. This con condemnation of humans, not just those that are marginalized, whether it's by the color of your skin or by who you love, it's what you believe that is no longer working, especially the younger generation. They are rejecting this condemnation in full force. So let's take a look at how this is happening. Okay, so a lot of how this is happening is on the, the social, social media platforms. It is an absolute landmine out here. And even when I go look at my personal page or whatever platform that we are tending to for this ministry, it's very tempting to get involved into a debate or a discussion or an argument with whoever has left whatever comment because it's easy to be triggered. It feels very, very personal. But I'm just going to encourage you to 
it's very hard. I know this, but ignore it. Especially if you, I'm going to, those of you who follow me, don't feel obligated to comment to anybody, to respond to anybody who comments. We've got this. I actually have a team of people who are helping with some of what we're doing. So um, some of those comments we leave just to show that we do allow discourse. And some of them we just, we just, we, we get rid of them before they get too toxic. Now, will I also push back on a, a type of toxic theology, you absolutely bet I will. If someone comes along into, especially in my feeds, who wants to condemn the LGBTQ humans or talk about um, Black Lives Matter not being a serious platform, we will, we will push back on that because we're going to stand as an ally. So back to the spiritual but not religious or the recovering from religious trauma. So I can get it if I'm pushing back on something that might be about your belief system. But when I'm calling in people who I'm inviting into a conversation about religious trauma, and I post a lot about that. I post because I want people to understand that they, they are valid, their concerns are valid, their hurt is valid, their pain is valid, and I want them to come into this platform so that we can build a community together. Those people who are identifying as spiritual but not religious, so I'm not even talking to you over here. I'm not even doing anything that should have any platform or any cause for you to talk, to discuss with me. Sometimes those are the most vitriolic and vile and hate-filled and threatening comments that are left. So what's really interesting, a lot of times what's happening is those people who are leave, leaving some of the most uh, hate-filled comments are completely hiding their identity. They don't have a profile picture. They have their profile completely shut down. They have zero followers. They're only there to leave this kind of comment and then go hide back behind their wall. If that's you, user 34892.62.z5, I'm sorry, I'm not taking you seriously anymore. Just because you feel that social media gives you the kind of anonymity to have that place it doesn't mean that I'm obligated to speak to you. So what I've started to say for myself as I go into these comments is anonymity doesn't equate to validity. I don't, I'm not obligated. Anonymity doesn't equate to validity. I am out here full force, my name, my picture. I'm putting myself out there to find the people who want to hear from me and you're coming out and throwing mud behind an anonymous wall. And I would encourage any of you to, con to consider those kinds of standards before you respond. Go take a look at the profile. What do they look like? I guarantee you that if I, if I go there and there's nothing there, I'm not responding, number one. The second platform is if I see um, it filled with nothing but scripture and how one way is the only way to believe, I'm also not going to respond because that's not a place where we're ever going to be able to come to any kind of mutual or respectful understanding. And once again, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm here to talk to the people who want to hear from me. And don't forget, I have journeyed through this belief system. I was there. I've been where you are. God called me out of that belief system. So while you want to ridicule me for what I believe, I'm listening to my calling on my life. Now, there is a trending sound on TikTok that goes, I think 
you know how this is about to go. And I say this jokingly because there are a few commenters, when they comment, I do know exactly how it's going to go. So I've stopped engaging those, but these are the kind that they'll say, um, demand, not just ask a question or anything, they will demand I change my views. Or, this is a good one, they'll demand that I go to my retreat. They will they will say, you need to retreat to your prayer, prayer closet now. Well, how do they know I have a prayer closet? I used to have one. I don't anymore. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I believe in the sanctity of whatever holds your spirituality, but it doesn't, in their mind, I think that's the only way to have prayer is in a closet. Or that they demand that I answer their question or comment. And here, once again, without fail, if they're not anonymous on the on the platform, 100% of the time, those kinds of demanding questions co will come from a male. And this, again, once uh, takes us back to this, um, this toxic patriarchal belief system where they have a God-given right to tell women what to do. And they are absolutely offended by the fact that this woman is out here having a platform and feels like it is not accountable to a man. And I've even had people say, under what authority do you speak? Under what male authority do you speak? And they are astounded that I still continue to go. Like, they cannot believe that their opinion of me has not stopped me. Now, I want to be as respectful as I can be. I understand that that is their belief system. But I, all, what I don't understand is why they just can't keep scrolling. If for some reason their content ends up on my page or on anything that I have, that's exactly what I do. So isn't it interesting that our responses are different? Sometimes I'll even be tagged by people who will uh, tag me in a video that's very um, judgmental towards the LGBTQ community, and I will not respond. And that is my choice. Some people will not agree with that. But I am not about to go into a platform that I know that's primarily how it's going to, to go there and be attacked. Where am I be better serving those who need my, my help? Where am I better serve those who I'm called to serve? Am I going to get into all kinds of arguments on a platform that is not mine or stay focused on mine with the people who are coming to be here. So anyway, I'm, a, I'm an offense on many levels, and I understand that. I try to do it in a, in a respectful way, but most often, if I'm not going to acquiesce to their demands, it becomes very caustic and toxic very soon and usually ends up with my deleting them. But what's interesting also is as savvy as they want to be in social media, if they only knew that every comment they make is helping me my algorithm. Because we're not talking about, this is not humans looking inside what's happening inside these social media platforms. It's all bot driven. So when, when they see that people are commenting, that boosts my content. So really, those kinds of vitriolic comments and those the, the people who are leaving them really need to consider their strategy and how it would be better served on reaching the people who are leaving religion or considering leaving church than attacking the people who have left. 
and who are very comfortable with where they are and at peace with where they are and have found a spirituality, a spiritual connection to God that they did not have in church. So I'm going to move on a little bit. I, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the comments because it's important that we hear them so that we understand when you talk about vitriol, when you talk about toxic language, if you give it a platform where you can talk about it without putting energy behind it or passion or emotion behind it, you dilute it. You take away its power. So if you are finding yourself being triggered by what people are saying to you or about you, or, or, or even if you're in my platforms or someone else's and you see a, a, a comment that's not even directed to you, but yet all of a sudden you are lit up and you're ready to take, you're, gonna be, you're about to become a keyboard warrior, let's calm down here and take a breath and figure out new ways that keeps you back in your lane, beloved. That's what this is about. This whole podcast is not to say, yeah, they're really bad. This podcast is about us releasing the power that this has on us. Because if we are using like phrases and like and, and coming at it with the same vitriol and the same anger, then how are we worshiping Jesus with our mouths? How is love and compassion and tolerance showing up for us? How would people say if they had to look at our lives and our words and our actions, how is our spirituality being reflected in the world back to the people that we love? So let's take away, let's remove that power. Whatever is happening between these people and their spirituality, that's between them and God. We don't have a space in it. But let's, let's look at some of these words, heathen heretic, witch. Yes, in 2020, we are still calling people witch. So we're talking, you know, we're, that's taking us back, that's hearkening us back to the 1600s when people were, were, were burned at the stake for their beliefs. Are we serious here? Well, they may be, but you and I don't have to be. So what is a better option for us when it comes to responding to those comments? And if that's you, so let's say that you see a comment that triggers you, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about religion. It could be about anything, especially politics. It could be about the way you raise your kids. It could be about bullying. It could be about anything. What words are you using that people would be able to portray or, or, or be able to discern who you are based on what you said. Because at the end of the day, my friends, this is all about the work of the soul. So anytime we direct this type of venom to another person, we are in danger of watering down our spirituality, of losing our soul's connection to the holy. There is nothing. Now, now again, so I, I really want to back up here for just a minute. I'm going off my notes a lot here, but I, I want to back up here a minute. I know at the beginning of this, when you hear the, the, the name of this podcast, Do You worship, worship Jesus With Your Mouth? It's very easy to hold space and make this all about pointing fingers. But 
I want you to, did you feel this shift here? You know, we're not talking about just cussing because you spilled your Coke or you're, you tripped or something didn't work out the way you had, you, you wanted it. This is about deep, contemplative, sacred soul work. There is nothing in scripture that gives you the right to direct those comments to me or anyone else. Did you hear that? There is nothing in scripture, there is nothing in spirituality that gives you the right to direct those kinds of comments with the vitriol and the venom that we are witnessing to me or anyone else. So yes, I am talking about the person who is walking in faith. I don't know how you reconcile your faith to this type of behavior, to these types of comments. How do we spew hatred towards another and then raise our hands or put them together in prayer to Jesus, who told us the greatest commandment was to love the Lord God with all your might and love your neighbor as yourself? I used that Jesus' words in a comment or maybe it was even one of my videos, and I had someone out of the blue. We weren't even talking about immigrants or anything like that. I had someone respond that, hey, I love my labor neighbors as long as they come into the country legally. Now, I, if you look at my content, I don't get into a lot of political um, d divides inside it. I'm, I'm really talking about how we treat our fellow humans. But I, it was a big jump to go from my comment about loving Jesus, loving your neighbor as you do yourself, to this person adding an asterisk that said that he will love his neighbors as long as they got into the country legally. So how do you get to that point where his hatred for undocumented immigrants allowed him to filter down the words of Jesus? It just doesn't work that way. And I'm not just talking about this commenter. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking to all of us who is here. I have a question for you. Who made you the keeper of the asterisk? Now, you know the asterisk. That's that thing that always indicates whatever you're reading that you need to look at the fine print because there's going to be exceptions to whatever it is you're reading right now. Well, that doesn't apply to what Jesus said. I don't remember ever seeing an asterisk in the Bible. So your judgment, your conclusions, your interpretation is coming from another place that has nothing to do with your desire to honor or love Jesus. You cannot condemn your fellow humans with such toxic vitriol and then worship Jesus with that same mouth. No one gets a pass on this one, friends. You are not the keeper of the Christian asterisk. It doesn't exist. Jesus said it. I just made that up. But it's true. Jesus said it. It just says, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so let's take this to a more personal level because it would be so easy to just go... And just, I cannot believe that people are doing this. 
But remember what I said, this type of condemnation and judgment, this rises from a self-righteousness. And oh my, some of the conversations that I've had about self-righteousness somewhere along the way, there has been a teaching or a theology that has affirmed the believer's right to just face the world and just, just take that sword and just wield away whoever is in its path. It's led to this overzealous piety and it, just this uber focus and validation to judge others. And it is one of the most toxic and dangerous characteristics of human nature. And some people will say, well, now, wait a minute. You can't say that. That's so arrogant of you to say that because it doesn't fall into the seven deadly sins. Okay, so I'll, I'll put a link to the seven deadly sins in the show notes for this week. But just so in case you need a refresher, here are your seven deadly sins. Lust, gluttony, pride, sloth, wrath, greed, and envy. Well, I think it's in there. I think it's in wrath. I think it's in pride. I think that self-righteousness comes out of that. And I'll often hear people will push back, especially in comments, that they have the right to judge others because they're doing it from a place of love and self-righteousness. Well, it is not indicative of that in their words. It is not indicative in how they're showing up. And it certainly hasn't, isn't having the response because I haven't seen anybody say, you know what, you're right. Where do you go to church? You know what, you're right. Contact me. I want to learn more about your views. Friends, it is time for a spiritual reset inside and outside of religion, inside and outside of church. And I'm I'm putting all of us in this basket because no matter where we sit, if we're, we're coming from this place of self-righteousness where our language becomes so caustic and vitriol, vitriolic, we are all accountable for how this is enslaving us into a false sense of authority that was never ours to begin with. This false sense of moral superiority that does not belong in your spirituality. Because especially for those of us on a spiritual journey, we continually, daily, every minute of our day need to be reminded about how our faith is showing up. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. That doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes. As humans, we're not called to be perfect. We're called to keep trying. But if so many of us continue to use piety and self-righteousness as our moral compass, there's just simply no backbone. There's no soul work in our spiritual practice. Our spiritual practice, first and foremost, should be about our willingness to lay out ourselves, to be vulnerable in the presence of the holy, to, to reveal ourselves in these ways so that we can be open to heal our brokenness. To, to look at our flaws and to accept our humanness. Because when we do that, we understand that we're all in the same place. 
you're not fooling anybody by just continually wielding the words, these hate-filled words. Nobody is buying this. Nobody's going to be convinced that your way is the way to go when you decide to judge others using the toxic words that we are seeing out there right now. And especially when that same person then is posting pictures of how much they love Jesus by raising their hands in worship. It just shows the air of hypocrisy that we're all capable of. So my friends, this week is an opportunity for all of us to consider a spiritual checkup. We need to stand in the mirror and ask ourselves this question. Where am I holding another person hostage by my self-righteousness without being willing to look at my own brokenness? Let me ask you that again. Where am I holding another person hostage by my self-righteousness without being willing to look at my own brokenness? That can be in any situation, not just in social media, not in a spiritual context, in your workplace, in your family life, in your friends, in your colleagues, whatever it is, asking that question. So now we've entered into that space where I'm inviting you to take this into your spiritual work, into your soul work. So where do I do this? Where, do I use, where am I showing up as a self-righteous person and then turning around and acting as if I'm sanctified? And my actions and my words are validated because of who I am. Friends, anytime we come together in this space and we discuss the weaknesses of others, it's an opportunity to pause and see what is rising up for you to consider, for me to consider. Once again, where are our flaws? Where is our brokenness? Where is our humanness? The answer to these questions are between you and God, especially if you are seeking to expand your spirituality and to heal what's broken inside you. If your faith is only revealed in your moral superiority of others, the only thing you are revealing is your arrogance and your insecurities. The only thing you are convincing others is that they do not want to be what you have because what you have looks toxic and hateful, not loving, and grace that serves God. It's only serving you. It is not loving your neighbor. My friends, there is no asterisk in spirituality. You are not the keeper of it, and it doesn't exist. Blessed be and amen. Mm, I'm going to have to sit with some of these questions myself. It's a big week. Okay, each week I invite readers and listeners to submit questions. And this week, this question came up on one of my uh, DMs. Why aren't you afraid of other religions, of people who worship other gods, or worship the stars and look up to them for wisdom? And for that, I'm going to turn to, I actually wrote out this question, so I'm going to look at it and I'm going to um, provide that answer. So I invited this person to consider their inner struggle as they navigate their own religious heritage, because there was more to this question than that. And a lot of times that comes from a place where you are, your religious heritage and those 
beliefs are colliding with where you are now. And sometimes that's confused because all of a sudden you're meeting new people. You're learning new ways that God shows up in the world and it's confusing you because do you really believe in a God that's going to condemn the vast majority of people to hell? And I do not. So what I said was many religions teach us to fear other people who believe differently. I too was raised that way, but the inner conflict for me was always there. I could not reconcile the God of love, was only there to love our church. To this day, it still doesn't make sense to me, and I believe the, God, the Bible does allow us to accept other people's experiences of finding God. The anger that your family and friends are displaying is misplaced fear. So once again, she was having experiences where people were being very judgmental and hateful for it, everything that we just talked about. So instead of running to them for guidance, Look who she's asking for. Just once again confirming what you are doing is not working. They most likely can't even iterate the cause other than to hurl scripture about it being wrong. That to me isn't a godly existence. It is a fear-based existence. Remember, religion became an institution that needed to control people's spirituality because if they control that while holding on to some type of governmental control, as in the medieval times, uh, and oftentimes where church and state were simply not separated. They were all blurred together. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, back room things happening where the papal authority was convening with governmental authority, kings and the royalty at that time to control the people. And that's where vast amounts of the wealth came. So it's why the early church supplanted over pagan rituals around the solstices and equinox holidays that were mandated instead of their earth-based celebrations. And we talked a lot about that last week as well. My sense is that you are lacking the words and perhaps are fearful of your family's rebuke if you truly stepped into your path or spiritual journey. So I was encouraging her also to say, well, just stay where you're planted. You can still look at how God is showing up in the world without making a break. I'm not here trying to convince people to leave religion. That is not why I'm here. You will never hear me do a, a, a podcast or any kind of sermon where I'm asking people to say, let's leave church altogether. Let's just make it one big thing. So in that, I'm encouraging her that way right now. I say, say to her, stay where you are planted and invite the conversation with your soul and God to consider what is, what is being asked of you. And then from that place, take copious notes, expand your spiritual practice, pray about this, and see what comes up for you. Now, she and I have had a lot of conversations about this back and forth since then, and I'm very grateful that we have been able to do this. And as far as I know, as, a, as I can tell, she is still very much staying within her religion, within her church, but she's finding comfort by starting to understand that there is nothing to fear. You can still be Christian and accept other people's paths to God. One of those things that we say out here in the spiritual but not religious world is that up the mountain we all go to the, to the top where God resides, and there are many paths leading us up there, but we're all going to the same place. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you, and I prayed that you received something. I know that I did because the teacher is teaching what she needs to hear. Okay, dear ones, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just as you are blessings on your week and I'll see you soon. Bye for now.
If you like what you heard today, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. To submit questions to Rev Carla, email us at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. Follow at Rev Carla on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Check out her blog posts on revcarla.com and go ahead and sign up for email alerts while you're there so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.